Welcome to the Lancet Respiratory Medicine Podcast. I'm Aaron Van Dorn, speaking to you from the Lancet's New York office. Today on the podcast, Dr. Vikas Goyal of the Queensland Children's Hospital and a research scholar at the Center for Children's Health Research at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia, discusses the use of oral antibiotic treatment in non-severe exacerbations of bronchiectasis in children. Dr. Goyle, can you explain briefly what bronchiectasis is and what happens when a child has an exacerbation? Bronchiectasis is a chronic lung condition. People with bronchiectasis have chronic wet cough or productive cough, and their chest CT scan shows abnormally dilated airways. This causes poor clearance of airway secretions and pooling of mucus in the affected areas. During an exacerbation or a flare-up as it is commonly called, a child can usually cough up a lot more and have more mucus in their airway, which is usually infected. They are also usually tired and some may have difficulty in breathing or otherwise known as dyspnea and low oxygen saturation when it is severe and some children may need hospitalization when their exacerbation or flare-up is severe. Your study compared two different types of oral antibiotic, amoxicillin clavulanate and azithromycin, with placebo for treatment of mild exacerbations of bronchiectasis in children. What were the main findings of the study? We found that children who were given amoxicillin clavulanate were significantly more likely to get better at day 14 of treatment compared to those who received placebo. We also found that the children given amoxicillin clavulanate, they got better quicker by three days compared to those who received placebo. Azithromycin also showed some benefit compared to placebo, but did not meet our pre-specified criteria for superiority. Therefore, based on our results, we recommended that amoxicillin clavulanate should continue to be the first-line empirical antibiotic for treating non-severe exacerbation of bronchiectasis in children. Your findings support the use of antibiotics for the treatment of respiratory exacerbations, but is antibiotic resistance likely to be a problem in children with bronchiectasis? That is a very important concern, especially in these times of antibiotic stewardship and increasing global concern about antibiotic resistance. That's why I think our study was very important to test the hypothesis that antibiotics are indeed superior to placebo for treating bronchiectasis exacerbation. While there is a risk for antibiotic resistance, it needs to be balanced compared to not treating these children and risking even more use of antibiotics later on. So on balance, untreated exacerbations have a likelihood of progressing to becoming more severe or needing hospitalization and needing longer or intravenous antibiotics and leading to future loss of lung function. However, clearly, we can see from our study as well, not every single child with bronchiectasis flare-up needs antibiotics and there is a need to identify such exacerbations or flare-ups where you can get better without antibiotics, and antibiotics is reserved for those who really need it. In children who were treated with azithromycin, we found that the proportion of bacteria in their nasal swabs with macrolide-resistant staph was higher than those on placebo. There was no difference in children who received amoxicillin clavulinate compared to those on placebo. So we have therefore recommended that amoxicillin clavulanate should continue to remain the first-line antibiotic for treating exacerbation, and azithromycin can be used as a reserve for special circumstances. Can the effective treatment of mild exacerbations help to slow the progression of bronchiectasis? Our study did not specifically look at this question, but previous data has shown that 
Severe bronchiectasis exacerbation can lead to accelerated loss of lung function. There has been a study previously which showed that each hospitalized exacerbation can lead to loss of FEV1, which is fraction of expired volume in one second, which can decline by 1.95% with each hospitalized exacerbation during the three-year follow-up period of the study. So those who had more frequent exacerbation had a greater decline in lung function. So therefore, we believe that it is biologically plausible that if we manage non-severe exacerbations more effectively, we can prevent hospitalized exacerbation and hence slow the progression of the disease. The children in your study were from Australia and New Zealand, and almost half the participants were from indigenous populations. Does bronchiectasis affect indigenous and non-indigenous children equally? 44% of the children in our study were indigenous. However, data from Australia, New Zealand, and Alaska in the United States have shown that the prevalence of bronchiectasis among indigenous children is particularly high. The prevalence of bronchiectasis in indigenous children in Central Australia and Alaska is about one in every 63 to 68 child. In New Zealand, the national annual incidence and prevalence in the children less than 15 years is 3.7, and the prevalence is 33 children per 100,000 population, which is the incidence is actually twice that of cystic fibrosis in New Zealand. So we believe that although indigenous children with chronic cough are more likely to have bronchiectasis compared to non-indigenous children, we need to be cognizant of the fact that Bronchiectasis is not uncommon amongst non-indigenous or Caucasian children. In our clinic, we have around 800 children with bronchiectasis in Brisbane, and most of them are actually non-indigenous. Dr. Goyle, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you.